Hello and welcome to episode 204 of the Apple and Apps and App Addict Weekly Podcast. I'm Brett Nolan of AppAddict.net and joining me as always is my co-host Trevor Sheridan of Apple and Apps. Join us this week as Trevor and I celebrate a young life and watch some family-friendly videos. Then we master the martial arts to sneak into a government facility and beat up a bunch of thugs. How you doing tonight, Trevor? Doing good. Definitely look forward to that slate of new releases. <laughs> yes. Nice nice mix. Yeah, there's a lot going on. And before we get into the games, which is usually our biggest section, there's just a kind of couple minor things we wanted to go over. The first is that Apple has moved their earnings report from October 27th to the 25th. And now it kind of makes you wonder, do they have something planned for the 27th, perhaps in new event to release their new macbook pros as well as a few other ticket big ticket items right so that we heard late no late october for those airpods when they originally were announced so that could be on that agenda too if that's what they're they're going to be doing so yeah i don't know i guess we'll see because the new MacBook Pros, I mean, they've been rumored for over a year. The MacBook Pro line hasn't been updated in over a year. And there's been enough part leaks that it seems like the computers are ready to go. And Mac OS Sierra is available. So you'd think Apple would want new Macs to go with their new OS since they don't have them yet. And it seems like October would be a good time frame for that, especially since, like you mentioned, they're already going to be releasing AirPods. And you don't want some silent announcement for all of these products, do you? Right, and plus it's that's just before the the holiday buying season where people really start to go nuts with all of their their buying. So it's the perfect timing to get it out before Christmas for people that want to buy these because they already missed the going back to school segment. So really, the next big buying that people would buy a computer is Christmas time. So it seems like it would be the perfect time to do this, but you never know. No, you never know with Apple, but at least it kind of gives you a date to look forward to right and who knows maybe we'll get like higher than expected iphone 7 plus sales because of the ceasing of sales of the samsung galaxy note so i don't know maybe they'll have a, a banner year this year yeah they'll just uh i mean an event could remind you that oh we have tons of iphone 7 in stock our processes have improved and so now we have that jet gloss black version for you and this battery doesn't explode. So Yeah, that's always a selling by. point. Yes. <laughs> it's a selling point you take for granted. Yes. <laughs> and so that means we got some new apps in the meantime until we get to October 27th or even the 25th because we'll be talking about their earnings report at that point. Right. And the first app is Toka TV. And, I mean, Toka Boca has made a ton of kid-friendly apps. And this one focuses on video content, kind of like the YouTube Kids app. Right, yeah, this one's a lot different than than their usual stuff. So instead of being like an interactive toy, it's kind of a nice kid-friendly, family-friendly portal for watching streaming video content. And my girls got to beta test like an early version of this, and it, they do a, a fantastic job of really 
paring down what content they show you where we have YouTube kids and that one, it does a fairly decent job, but I think it's all done via algorithms and there's not really a, a personal touch. This they're all, there's a person actually handpicking what videos make it into their program and what gets to be seen. And they, their target audience is like an age five to, to nine. And they seem to have hit, perfectly what my girls loved so i i don't know who's doing the picking but they know kids and they know the streaming video content that they would want to watch which is excellent because once you log in you can then have specific searches for particular kind of genres of video content as well as save certain videos for favorites i was just flipping through the main page and they were just some fun things like little contraption that was made or they made art with salt and just various kind of fun little things that you don't even have to worry about handing to your kid to go through at their own pace. Right. Yeah. So they have beyond just like they have Minecraft videos, they have uh, like craft DIY craft videos, all kinds of fun things for kids to do. Then they have all of their Toka town, like the normal content you would see on the Toka uh, YouTube channel. Then they have actually, they've started to make, specific content for this service because unlike the the youtube kids app which is a free app this is actually going to be a paid service so you can download the app you can try it out for three times uh, for free and then if you decide to subscribe it's a 4.99 a month <clears throat> excuse me with discounts if you want to do a longer subscription term and then you get unlimited access to all of the stuff on this app. And then there's also the ability to create your own videos where they have like these things you can overlay over what your, your camera is taking. And then you get to like have little animated things, like maybe a little house head that goes over your head and it tracks your movement or little people that are in the foreground and your kids get to make their own little funny videos using these overlays. Which is just, you know, it's fun, which is all you really kind of can expect from Tokoboka. It's nice that they did a departure from their previous entries, but still offer a valuable utility for kids and especially parents. Yeah, if you have kids that like to, like younger kids that like to stream videos, but you're really nervous about letting them loose on YouTube, this is a excellent alternative. It's the one thing that's going to be a sticking point, I'm sure, for people is that monthly subscription rate and my girls like when we were beta testing they loved this they were watching it every single day but it was summertime and so now they have school and they have schoolwork, so they're not on the devices as much for just playing so i wish i almost like i could just pay once and be done with it but i guess you have the option with the subscription to keep canceling it and restarting it the one thing is you won't get those discounts unless you decide to go for a longer term all at once so that's just something to keep in mind but definitely it is the best as far as keeping content that is safe for kids that they're going to love and enjoy watching and because they have the ability to save their favorites and picked in like the whole interface is just super easy for kids to navigate although some kids could probably navigate youtube better than adults but this is like super kid friendly and if you are at all worried about what your kids are watching for streaming videos this is a perfect choice and that's a good heads up so it's toka tv it's free it's universal and that leads us into the new games of the week
And there's some like hefty titles. There's a lot to get through with these different games. And the first one is Invisible Ink. And it's ink at torps in terms of incorporated rather than the Invisible Ink type of writing material. <laughs> and so the game is going to be iPad only. And that's because it's a turn-based strategy game that really emphasizes the tactical kind of feel where you're like the operator and you're directing your special your secret agents through these various corporations to try to steal secrets or collect weapons or progress the overarching storyline and it's a pretty involved story you dive into the first kind of tutorial mission and it develops the entire setting and then there's this really deluxe animated cutscene and it sets the stage for having to deal in this world it's 2074 and corporations run everything and so you have to essentially make your way through these heavily guarded facilities to find what you need to and as you go you can upgrade your agents as well as unlock new ones to build out your team and they each have their own special abilities as well as attack points or action points to make it so you can use those action points to either move or interact with the different items or deal with the guards as you're going through from room to room. Yeah, it is super tactical because you're going to have to sneak up on guards. You'll have those cones of vision where you, when you get to a room, you can peek into the room to try to get an idea of what's in there. There might be a camera that you have to avoid. There might be an actual guard there. And you just have to be careful not to get the attention of the guard. Otherwise, he, he'll probably shoot one of your agents, and then now you're down an agent, and you have to complete the mission without an agent. There are the ability to rewind and kind of redo things if you mess up, but you have a limited number of those to work with. So you really have to plan out your moves using those action points to move to strategic locations and then looking in the rooms and using there's this other whole computers like system sort of thing called incognita which you have to have enough power so you hack terminals to add more power points to that you can use but this thing can turn off cameras it can unlock uh areas for you and do all this so you call on it whenever you need to get to certain locations so now it can turn off the camera so now you can go in this room and maybe that's where your objective is so now you got to get over to this thing but every time you're moving they know that you're in there so the security alert level goes up and up as the game progresses and so now you have to watch out because as soon as you reach a certain level, now everything changes. So like maybe the guard patrols are now going in a different pattern. So everything you did to make your way in to begin with, now you got to watch out because it's not necessarily going to be the same as you're trying to make your way back out. And so there's just so much to deal with and it's so tactical and it's even on the easiest level, it is a pretty tough game. Yeah, they give you all those different components to deal with with that security level that increases after each turn or if you use the computer system they know that you're trying to hack in so that also can increase the security system and that leads them to changing the cameras or changing the routes of the guards and so you always have to kind of be cognizant of how close you are to that security change 
And then there's just the neat idea that you're overseeing secret agents and you not only have to go find the item because you have no clue, so you're going to have to do some exploration through this world, but then you also have to find the extraction point and lead them to the extraction point after you've already manipulated certain pathways and gotten guards on your tail or whatever the case may be. Right, and the thing is, every time we play this game, it's going to be different. So you might be doing the exact same mission you were doing before, but it's going to be in a randomly generated location. So you can't just do the same thing you did the last time. you got to figure it out all fresh again because you don't know how the guards are going to be moving. You don't know exactly where you're going within this facility. So you really have to try. It's going to be different every time. So you can't just play it once and then you're done. No, you're going to probably die. You're going to have to restart. And then it's going to be different but similar because you still have the same mission, but everything else is different. So there's a ton of replayability. And just the whole aesthetic of the game is beautifully drawn. You have this whole 3D view, and you can turn on a tactical view, which kind of removes all the walls so that you can kind of get a better idea. You can rotate everything around so you can see where the guard is actually going to possibly be. You, there's so much that you can do so you can plan it out just right. And I guess what we neglect to say at the beginning was this is actually like a turn base. So you're going to move one or more of your your agents. Then the security guys will move, take a turn moving. And so you're constantly going back and forth and you have to plan for where you think they're going to go and then move your your guys appropriately to get them in, in place. Yeah, you can also put them in place to be ready to ambush the security guards. And then you're also given a global map, which gives you different missions. So you don't have to go in a particular level-based order of the campaign. You can fly up to North America or go over to Europe, depending on what you want to go. Maybe you want to progress the storyline. Maybe you want to get some weapon upgrades. You have that choice. So you have the randomness within a given map when you replay. But also you can go about progressing through the campaign in your own way. So that keeps it fresh if you're going to replay. Because like you said, you're going to lose multiple times just with the pure kind of challenge of the game. Right. And there's also these as you're going through the rooms, you can steal currency, which you can then use to purchase upgrades as well for your for one or more of your characters. And the two characters can pass things off to one another, too. So you're not tied to a certain one. They they have different skill levels and they're better at certain things. But if you pick up an item with one person, you can then pass it off to the other one. So they have it as well. Yeah. And so that's Invisible Ink. They did a really good job of creating the entire kind of situation and storyline and then makes it into a compelling turn-based strategy tactical adventure. It kind of reminds me of Breach and Clear as well as... Uh, door Knockers, it yeah. reminds me a bit of. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it has that kind of tactical nature, but it has more of the espionage spy level than just, uh, you know, SEAL Team 6 or some type of infiltration. Yep. And so it's four ninety nine, and it's going to be iPad only, like I said. And so that means up next is Dan the Man. It's published by Half Brick, and it delivers a kind of a brawler two D side scrolling platformer game where you get to essentially play as one guy, Dan, who has to battle through waves and waves of enemies. <laughs> There's just so many enemies. It seems every section you go to is going to have enemies, and then they're going to just increase in number, but 
even though there's more action going on, you're always kind of ready for it because the controls are relatively smooth because you just have a simple attack button or a jump button. And then if you unlock projectiles, that gives you a different button. But it's just easy to get into the rhythm of just beating down all types of enemies. Right, yeah, it's a nice ebb and flow in the game where you'll have strict, like, platforming sections, but then you'll get to a certain location, and then you'll trigger some massive amount of enemies. So they'll just keep on coming and coming and coming. You'll, you'll kill, like, four or five of them, and then all of a sudden four or five will spawn again, and then you're just constantly fighting these guys off. The, the whole concept of the game is a little strange because the way they've set it up is they have this sort of web series that kind of takes place within the game. So stages one through seven of the game are played for you that you can go online and watch these like a web series of like almost like playthroughs of these levels. But then there's added comical stuff as well and dialogue stuff in there. But that acts as like the precursor to the game and the game actually starts you off at stage eight. So it seems a little weird when you first start playing if you don't happen to watch those other things where all of a sudden you're starting the game as a stage eight. And if you've ever played a platform before, you're fully expecting it to start at stage one. So it's a little it's a little strange, but that's part of the, the concept of the game where you're starting at stage eight, which is like the cliffhanger of the game, and then you're playing from there. So all this stuff, previous stuff has happened. I kind of wish I could play stages one through seven, but uh, it, it's just an interesting, weird kind of setup they, they did for the game. Yeah, I didn't even know of the web series. I didn't really care that it started at 8-1-1, but I did it find it weird. It just threw me off. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so no matter what they call the level, it's just pretty like it's kind of by the book it's a game you've probably seen before and played before but that doesn't detract from the actual experience while you're playing it because they've balanced it really well so you can see the progression you're going from region to region to save the city you'll start in the regular town then you go into the forest now you're in the mines so you have that progression idea and then like you said there's that breakdown where you have the traditional platformer you're jumping and jump in between platforms on clouds over water but then you'll go into these particular sections of battling enemies and the enemies are going to have their own kind of projectiles to fire at you and there's just a constant flow of action so you always have something to do you're constantly engaged and that will help you to want to go from level to level right and it just has this whole like classic nes style feel to the game where you feel like you're playing something that probably existed a while ago but it really didn't and they've just done a really nice job of really getting the controls nailed down and that whole visual aesthetic of the game to really kind of build that classic retro platforming feel but give it this other twist of these brawling segments that just make it something new and different yep and that's dan the man it's free it's universal it's going to be ad supported as you go and if you just want that classic kind of just platformer brawling experience half bricks done a really good job with this one yep and so up next is jade empire which is a port from a bioware game from 2007 and the game itself is a really deluxe involved experience and i know it was hotly anticipated for many people but 
I mean, I'm not going to talk about the actual game itself because you've hopefully played it. If you haven't, it kind of has its own appeal. But the main kind of question marks come down to how it's actually ported to iOS. And so graphically, it's done really well. It looks like they updated the graphics to kind of fit modern. So it's not, it really fits on iOS and it's one of the most deluxe graphically intense experiences. And then there's the touch control scheme. And that's where a lot of these games are kind of iffy and Jade Empire is no different. I mean, they put it on screen controls. So you move one with your finger on the joystick on the left side and then you have a variety of action buttons on the right side because you have a lot of different actions at your disposal. And that includes switching weapons. So you have a little dialogue above the movement controls to switch weapons. And then you have one main attack button and then three other special attack buttons. And those are all on an array on the right side. And it seems no matter how familiar you get, you need to purposefully look down to perform the specific actions. Because if you don't, you'll trigger other actions that you don't want. And that might use up your focus power and you won't be able to survive lengthier battles. And so that's kind of a detractor. But the actual game itself, I mean, it gets the job done. It's not going to prevent you from enjoying the game. But it's something you kind of have to deal with on iOS. So I haven't had a chance to try this. Like, how would you say it compares to to other things like these rich PC RPG experiences like Star Wars, Knights of the Old Republic, Transistor, and Bastion, and those that kind of got ported over for iOS? Bastion, I know they did a fantastic job with the virtual controls, but it sounds like this one's kind of going for the the virtual buttons, just let's throw them all on the screen kind of deal. Yeah, that's what they did. I mean, I don't think it directly compares to those as much because this one's more story-driven and more okay. of a kind of truncated RPG experience. Like when you get into the battles, it kind of feels like you're in Street Fighter, but the battles are 3D. So you have that kind of deluxe special move component, but then you have full range of movement, 360 degrees. But the oh, battles okay. aren't as, like in Bastion, it seems more free-flowing. This one, it's like, okay, I'm focusing on these particular enemies now. Right. Oh, okay. So it's kind of like a stop focus fight kind yeah. of deal rather than kind of free range, open world-ish kind of setup. Yeah. And then once you do get into it, you start, so they'll have the battles, then you'll have the portion where you need to explore the city or explore the next region to find these particular resources or action points to develop your character. So you have that story-driven experience. The description says the game has over 40 hours of gameplay. So I didn't get that far into it. <laughs> but just the actual... It would have been pretty much the whole week. Yeah. So I wanted to play some other stuff. Yeah. But the part that I did play, I mean, you can tell it's now one of the most deluxe experiences on iOS. And I think it's a welcome addition to the App Store. But the, with that said, there's better kind of experiences on there if you want more action but if you want kind of that deluxe story-driven rpg because you start off and you can choose which character you want whether you want like a balanced attack or a focused more kind of advanced energy attack or just that classic traditional style and then you can pick which sex you want and you have different character backstories but that just leads you into that whole kind of story adventure experience there's even sequences where you have the dialogue choices that are familiar from point and click adventure games so you have that whole just story adventure game 
and then you get into those combat sequences. Okay, yeah, that's good to know. I, I mean, it looked like a really good experience, but because that 40 hours kind of scared me away just because I knew there was no way I had enough time to even dig into this. Yep. So, I mean, the game has that whole martial arts storyline, so you're going to visit really ornate and classically Chinese, ancient Chinese regions and all that. So they've really developed the storyline and created the world to fit the theme, and it lets you want to keep playing through such a lengthy storyline and experience that they have. It's just that at times the controls, they kind of take you away from the experience, and when you're in the combat, it's more... Like, okay, let me just use up these power attacks to get through it rather than let me enjoy these deluxe combat sequences that they have. Ah, uh, okay. Now, now, is the gameplay, like, chunked enough that you can sit down for just a short little time? Like, if you just have a little bit of time to play a little bit and then come back to it? Or is it longer sequences that you really have to invest larger periods of time at a time? It's the latter. It's more of a continuous experience. It's not broken into truncated like, oh, here I'm in a battle, or here I can solve where I need to go next and collect certain items. It seems okay. like it's just flowing, progressing through the story. Okay, okay. I don't even know where the save points are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But so that's Jade Empire Special Edition. It's nine ninety nine and it's universal. Okay, and then one final one I wanted is, uh, to mention is just a very different... Uh, sort of, I, I hesitate to call it a game, but it's called That Dragon Cancer, and it's a more of a narrative, interactive story, uh, and it's this beautifully written and very brave to even put this out there. Uh, this couple, Ryan and Amy Green, it's the story of their son Joel, who unfortunately lost a four-year battle with cancer, and he, uh, like, I think he was only five, I want to say, when when he passed. And so they originally started this whole story, and it's uh, they they were hoping because he had already battled and had some ups and downs, and they thought they would document. They were hoping for a miracle that everything would turn out right, and they started to to build the story to tell basically a no holds barred. They reveal everything, like all of the emotions they go through, all the emotions that like the, the bargaining they go through with the doctors, with, with uh, God and anything to try and save their son. And it's just, it's a pretty emotional story. And I, and it's about two hours of content. It's all this nicely rendered polygon graphics and what you do is it's all segment it's segmented into like these almost little poetic vignettes of just certain periods of the the emotional journey that they went on and so you'll you kind of are almost like a a kind of like a third person kind of floating through at one point it, you see little like bird footprints. So you're kind of like a bird flying through the scene. Other times you almost, I think you, it feels like you're taking on the role of the dad at one point and you're walking through. And so you're always kind of like this person in the story because this could have easily just as easily been a, 
two-hour animated film, and it would have had a huge impact as you watch it. But just putting you into the story the way they've done with this kind of narrative where you're walking around and interacting with things, it just gives it that much more gravitas as you're going through. And it just really is an emotional I don't know. It was rough to get through this thing, but I, I'm really glad that I that I experienced this. And I think it's I would put it on par with like watching a really dramatic film and like you just all these emotions come out. And it's something that hopefully you will never have to actually experience in real life. But going through the motions and feeling just a little bit of what they must have felt during this difficult time. Uh, it's just it's a really like a beautiful almost art piece that they've done and 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 a huge honor to their to their son that they they spent all this time crafting this this experience for others to to go through. Yeah, this one, I didn't know if I wanted to get into it just because you can tell right off the bat this is a really emotional, in-depth kind of undertaking. But the way you talk about it, it seems like an experience just that you want to take a part of. And I guess the main thing is, do you think it benefits from kind of being that interactive? I mean, it's not a game, but just that interactive portion rather than just being, like you said, an animated like film. I think it does because of the way they've crafted the game. Uh, they've done a really nice job because I played with headphones and even just as you're walking around and you're, it it forces you to take a moment with things rather than just, um, just watching kind of just being a passive person watching this, you are actually put inside of the situations and as you're turning around and turning around, if there's talking happening and like maybe, you hear the father talking and recounting something and like they have real audio from that was obviously recorded during all this events were going on. Like you hear the son crying and one point it goes on for a long time where, and it's like, as a parent, I know exactly this situation when our daughters were babies and there's nothing you can do to stop them from crying. And they didn't, they didn't try to limit this. Like it goes on for a long time. So you're feeling this and you're feeling his frustration, his just like this is where he's almost at his breaking point. And because you're sitting there and as you turn your head, you, the sound sounds like you're right there because it'll adjust to where your point of view would be. So if you turn your head, you actually hear the sound moving in that direction. And so it's tough to, to explain, but it because you're in the situation, it, you just can't be passive. You have to really experience it and look around. You can't just kind of skip through things that maybe in like a movie you might lose, like just kind of focus and just think about something else, you're in it. There's nothing you can do about it. You're, you have to finish this. So, yeah, I think it definitely benefits from that. There was a few technical issues because this was originally released, I think, on the Ouya and the PC. And there were a couple issues. I don't know if it's just because of the iPad Pro 9.7 that I have, but sometimes some of the text was off the screen, so you couldn't even read it. And some of the text you can, like, kind of swipe around to change your point of view and you'll see the text kind of like stays where it is so you can kind of bring it in but this was just off the screen there was no 
adjusting my point of view to see it. So there are a couple of minor little technical issues, but otherwise, uh, just like the way they were able to bring out so much detail and and things just with this polygon art style, it, it worked really well. Yeah, this sounds like just amazingly crafted experience that's worth partaking in just to, since they create that, the emotion of the the scenario. Yeah, I mean, just be, and I think it's because they use obviously the real audio from this happening and you hear the emotion in their voices and just the, the, the situation they, they're not holding back like they they show you everything and so it's not like a censored thing where they're trying to to build the story this is how it was and they took the pieces and crafted into these beautiful little segments and i mean they do have some sort of gameish parts i think let's try to break up so it's not so uh emotional so there's like one part where you're in one of the hospitals and the son is sitting on this little like car and then he's obviously using his imagination that he's in a car race so then you have to like tap to like it's very basic things but you're basically tapping to steer this car around like this made-up track that's obviously in his mind and you're going around you have to do three laps so you're picking up like various things as you're going so there's little kind of mini game sort of things thrown in there to to try to break up so it's not so so heavy and there's some humor in there as well and i mean it's all like the range of emotions you would probably experience when going through something like this. Well, that's good to know. I think. So would you say that like, did you end with like tears in your eyes? I, I gotta admit my eyes were getting a bit watery at points just because I, I have two daughters and I can, so you can only directly imagine relate to it. I can only imagine something like this. And I had a friend whose seven-year-old daughter just lost a a uh, three-year battle with cancer or a two- or three-year battle of cancer. So, I mean, it hit – and I, I, everyone at this point has – probably has some relative, friend, co-worker, or somehow this horrible cancer has affected their lives. And it, it may not have affected you directly, but you know someone who it did. And just imagining it happening to my kids, and I don't know, it just tears at you. And it's just it's just horrifying. And I, so, yes, it, like I, I did tear up. Like I wasn't bawling my eyes out, yeah. but I definitely teared up like just thinking about i'm like i'm lucky that this has not happened to us and just i i hate that people have to go through something like this especially like with a kid a child that young and he has two, uh, he was the youngest of three so he had two older siblings that lost their brother and like how did they deal with it and i don't it's just really tough i think it's amazing that they were able to create this version as a memorial for their son. Yeah, it's a beautiful way to honor your child. And now other people can, they can share like this was, this was our son, Joel. This is what he was about in his unfortunately very brief life that he was here. This is what we had to experience. And this is what he was about and how much joy he brought us in that short amount of time. 
And so, yeah, it's a wonderful way to like using your these skills that you have to honor your child. And yeah, it's just a very beautiful, loving art piece and a testament to the, to their son. And that's called That Dragon Cancer. It's four ninety nine. It's universal. Yep. And I think that's everything for episode 204. That's all I have. To everyone listening, we hope you enjoyed, and we'll talk to you next time. Talk to you later. Bye.